The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility gaming resources. It's not another Buffalo podcast with Brando. Guess what, buddy? You're not going to earn it today. Go back home. You're not going to get it today because Josh is going to come out and kill you. I'm sorry. I'm not murderous. I'm not a murderer. John. I man, couldn't possibly man. pull off a feat that's only been pulled off once this season by, by the by great... The great Pat Caprio, picker of picks. And Pat. Picker of picks. Picker of noses. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with mustacheless Brandon. Oh, God, come on. Cape Cod sweatshirt Pat. You know, we're on the Buffalo Rumblings Network. You can find us on Twitter at NotBuffPodcast. Brandon, you uh, you might be the only person I know who looks creepier without a mustache. Yo, come on. I know, I know. You look like if you came I, off the Pennsylvania Dutch uh, farm with no electricity or whatever. That's what know? I was going to say. If I, put, yo, if I put my hair down right now so I have bangs and then I did the middle part, I would have the Dwight Schrute family, you know, that Dutch Amish look going because, you know, obviously I was... Trying to trim my nose hairs, and uh, I I have a trimmer that has like two blades on the end, and I put a pretty big slit uh, in the middle of my mustache, like trying to adjust some stuff. So I'm looking at myself. I'm like, it's gotta go, it's gotta go. Uh, zoop! So off it went. Thankfully, I don't have school until next Monday. This is a Wednesday night recording, so I just have to look like this weird dude for the next uh, four days. Thankfully, I'm just kind of being low key, so uh, I don't really have to see anybody. Uh, it's it's un- good, you know. You don't want to scare the kids. It's unfortunate that the mask <laughs> mandate has been lifted in most of my areas of my life, except for school, because I do have to show my face now. Because last time I shaved, I was able to hide it, um, and nobody noticed for like two weeks. So uh, that is not the case. I look very weird right now. So uh, I'm glad this is a audio only recording. <laughs> It really doesn't look that weird. I'm just ragging on you. Well, I can't get over it. I'm looking at a little kind tiny picture of myself in the Mac screen and it's like, who the heck is this? <laughs> well, I guess without further ado, let's hop into our uh, main section of the episode here. We're doing another first of the worst reverse draft. At some point, we need to come up with a better title than that, but I haven't yet. So we're still rocking with that. Uh, last week, we drafted uh, worst sports traditions. So... Had a lot of fun with that. Um, thanks for voting on Twitter. Sorry it took forever to get the poll out. Um, it's been a busy week. But uh, this week we are drafting based on the Twitter poll that only ran for two hours because I forgot to put it up earlier today as well. Over two. We're going to be drafting worst Bills head coaches. 
So the only thing you need to do to qualify is to have coached at least one game for the Bills. Um, so with that being said, we've already determined our draft order. And um, yet again, it's Brandon picking number one. So Brandon and Pat will have each gotten uh, two number one overall picks over the course of this draft. And um, I'm picking third. Surprise, Except surprise. you have already won the popular vote twice. Even though the well, electoral college says I won the poll last time, but you you won the popular vote. So, yeah, well, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like going in seven and nine, but still going to the pro bowl. You know, it's like I got, I got, I got the fan vote, but was I really the winner? You're Zaza Apachulia and you're leading centers in the NBA in voting because you play for the Warriors. Do you know who that is? Do you remember? Yeah. Him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, I got the thing. So, all right. Brandon Habermas with the number one overall pick in this week's draft. Who do you pick? The pick is in, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I am picking this because I have never felt so much putrid towards one person. Then I did actually, you know what? There's two guys that I could pick for this, but I'm going to let them slide. So whoever has number two, you're, and I'm only doing this because I never saw this man coach in person. I believe when I started working for the bills, it was 2015. It was good times. We had a massively qualified defense. We had a big guy coming in to run the show. You know, he drives a big Ford truck or Chevy truck or some big truck because he has a small PP and it's covered in bills logos. And he's a, uh, defensive guru and he's coming into our front four that has all four pro bowlers. And, uh, you know what he did? He took his three, four scheme and shoved it up their butts and made them bad. So, uh, they went from being one of the top defenses in the league to, uh, being crumbling down a little bit. And the reason I'm picking Rex Ryan, number one, overall, there's one specific game. All right. I was there. I was watching this game. And the thing that stands out to me the most, it's just so appalling to me, is the Bills could win and absolutely almost end their drought one season earlier. But the Buffalo Bills lost to Miami uh, after Christmas in 2015. They surrendered 261 yards rushing on the ground, two touchdowns plus another 233 yards passing and two touchdowns to career backup Matt, oh, Moore. Matt Moore. I do. That was on Christmas Eve, wasn't it? I think it was on Christmas Eve or New yes. Year's Eve. It was, yeah, on it was Christmas Eve. Yeah. I remember uh, in overtime, Jay Ajayi runs 57 yards, except the bills only had 10 men on the field. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, come on, Rex Ryan, you're fat. You should know. Uh, I don't know, but, um, I was watching did that. Get, did you just get more Italian, like with no mustache? Like, <laughs> what? What is I even don't know. happening? I don't. My my emotions are uncontrollable when I think about this play because uh, that would have been uh, Terod Taylor's probably his best game as yeah. Buffalo Bill up to that point. Um, we played really good. We deserved to be better than this, but I'm glad that we lost this game because Rex Ryan uh, got fired right after that. He lost the side of the locker room. I mean, he took the. Uh, what he put in like a rec room, he put in like ping pong tables and all this crazy crap, and that Sean McDermott took out right after. Um, but he inherited a defense that 
ranked second overall in DVOA behind Doug Marone and um, Buffalo entered week 16 that next season with a 24 ranked group. Um, that season they started four and two Rex Ryan finishes 15 and 16 with zero postseason trips for the bills. And he left them uh, two more years later in the drought. So it ended at 17 seasons. So that's my first overall pick. Funny fact about um, that game, I guess number one being that upon losing that game, only the second Buffalo Bills coach of color, none of which were ever hired during the start of the season, was uh, implemented. So thanks to uh, you, Mr. Anthony Lynn. I think that's super cool. I did like Anthony Lynn. Thought he was going to be good. And uh, the other one is the defensive guy, right? Um, Yeah, Perry Fuel. Perry Fuel, yeah. Perry Fuel, I I remember Perry. I was going to say. Perry actually had a decent record. He was was three and four. I was just looking at the at the chart. But, was um, he three and four? Yeah, I thought it was he's like a that. head honcho of like officiating now for the NFL. But I was going to say Matt right. Moore is what people call a coda. Um, you can look this up. Is actually like the most bizarre fact about an NFL player. He's a coda. Both his parents are deaf. Really? Interesting fact. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. And then, I mean, even Buddy Ryan was here and I just, those two are just clowns. Only in the NFL. TV. Could you be overweight with your overweight brother and have zero high level playing experience and just have a dad who was also overweight and coached one great Bears team? You know what I mean? And um, came up short a bunch of times with uh, Los Boys out there in Houston after the fact, you know, calling some plays. But it's funny because that time period of my life, like it one of the stamps in my brain is the picture of Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart riding to training camp together on the tandem bike. And then Rex Ryan and buddy Ryan riding the tandem bike together through town. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. left. <laughs> no, and the yeah. tires on that bike probably popped immediately. Yeah. They but, hit um, one <laughs> Buffalo pothole and they all go in the Harbor. So yeah, yeah. for sure. But anyways, all right. Pat, Number two overall. Uh, well, actually, before we get to Pat's pick, Brandon, I just want to say that's the kind of pick that will win you the fan vote. It better. I feel like I, I think it will. I think it finally will. So that being said, Pat, you were on the clock at number two overall. Who you got? So um, <laughs> I'm going to pick a coach. Uh, this guy, he uh, he was the assistant defensive coordinator um, when the Buffalo Bills did win that 1965 AFL champ only hardware we got out here in the city of Buffalo. That being said, um, this guy has the worst coaching record and win percentage out of any coach ever to coach the Buffalo Bills. Um, He's just absolutely putrid. He came in um, 1968 as an interim head coach. Dude went one in 10. And, you know, he kept coaching in that uh, supporting role. And when they called upon him again in 1971 to uh, bring the Buffalo Bills back to glory, he put together a 1-13 season. Um, I'm pretty sure that the only reason, and this is just from the Wikipedia page that I've read, but like the, one of the only reasons that this guy actually had a job with the Buffalo Bills is that he and Rolf Wilson used to bet on, on horses and own them together. But <laughs> that being said... <laughs> With a career record of two and twenty-three and one tie, with a win percentage of zero point nine six. That's correct. Former linebacker for the New York Yanks of the All American Football Conference, Mr. Harvey Johnson. Trash record. You know what? Maybe I should start betting on horses with my boss and I'll get a promotion. So thank you, Harvey. <laughs> so bad. 
<laughs> Harvey Johnson was so bad that the Buffalo Bills had to be like, yo, Harvey, I, I know you're like absolute trash, but would you mind um like just stepping down so we can hire your old boss back over you? Like Lou Saban literally had retired. They're like, oh, you know, I've, I've done it all. And Harvey Johnson was so bad. They're like, Lou, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta come back out of retirement, dog. Like, this guy's <laughs> trash. So, dude, I like that one. I know that's not like a household name, but I was looking at the chart and I was like, yeah, I mean, definitely the worst win percentage with minimum because there actually is one coach with a worst win percentage. But I think there's kind of an asterisk by it because um, they only coached one game. But oh come on, <laughs> yeah. don't throw. I mean, Anthony Lynn, yes, has had some tough losses, but he had, not, he had not, one tough loss. <laughs> he did. He he had one. I honestly, I wanted them to hire him. Me too. After that, yeah. me too. I um, still like Anthony Lynn. I, still I do. Think he's I on do. the Lions staff this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Definitely not the the master of in-game decisions um, by any means, but it definitely was a great leader. And I thought he did a great job when he was with the Bills. So I enjoyed him. And even though he has a career winning percentage with the Bills of zero, I think that one game was uh, was the asterisk there. But anyway, um, all right. Yeah, go ahead. Play the sound. So I have kind of an interesting pick here. I think that this guy... I was going to take him with my second pick because he's not as high up on my board as one other guy. But I think that this coach that I'm going to pick was going to be off the board by the time I got pick number six. So I'm going to take him now and make sure that I get him. This man did not have the worst record with the bills Uh, when you're talking about winning percentage. But when it came to the end of the 2014 season, it came to light that Doug Marone, he had an out clause um, in the event of an ownership change. Crazy clause in his contract. Um, the clause was triggered by the sale of the bills in 2014 after the passing of Ralph Wilson. So Marone decided to exercise the clause and quit on December 31st, 2014, and still collected his 2015 salary in full, not coaching for the bills. And this, we all remember, came after that hope-filled 9-7 and seven season where the only reason the Bills didn't go to the playoffs was because they lost to the 2-14 and 14 Raiders Michael at that Rivera, time. never forget. <laughs> Wait, was that... Yeah, he's the guy who made the catch to... Uh, oh, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, so Doug Marone, Doug Marone overall was 15-17, and 17, so not the worst record out of Bills drought coaches, but... I think that he's the second most hated behind Rex Ryan as far as drought era coaches. And that's why I'm taking him at number three overall. So, so I wanted him, I would have taken him next if you didn't take him yeah. right now. Um, yeah. So a couple of things, this was also the quarterback under watch when EJ Manuel was drafted. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I have here is that clause that was activated. Um, he kind of extorted Terry and Kim Pagula a little bit because he didn't plan on quitting. He planned on just getting more money out of them. He asked them for a raise and Pagula's said no. Because well, so didn't he think he was going to have the Jets job, I believe? Yep. Right? And that, that interview reportedly went very poorly. Yes. Yeah, so, so. Accor- and then according to... Uh, Vic Carucci in 2017, the Jags coach admits leaving Bill's head coaching job was a mistake he learned from. He has spoken about it with Terry Pagula. Um, so 
I don't know. He was the offensive line coach and interim head coach for two seasons with Jacksonville after Buffalo. And now he got his from 14 to 16. Now he got his head coaching job. And obviously, you know, there's always going to be weird stuff with coaching circles in the NFL. So I hope to see him never come back. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's a good pick, John. You never know. All right. Number four, Brandon, you're on the clock yet again. So this guy, you know, we all know a Jimmy. I'm sure his friends call him Jimmy. Um, maybe not when he was playing because this was a Hall of Fame center and uh, a 10-time Pro Bowler during his 15-year playing career. Um, played for the Packers, Eagles. Uh, and then he switched to coaching and he went on to work for the Bills on two separate occasions. But this man, Jimmy Ringo was the head coach after the resignation of Lou Saban in 1976. But he also, uh, I believe he came back in 1976. He went 0-9 when he took over for Lou Saban. And remember, this team has OJ Simpson. So he is most... Lou Saban was winning games too. He's most famously known for good work on this offensive line for OJ Simpson. So it's kind of like this like you have OJ Simpson. So his coach is going to be held up and propped up because of this. It's like when I was first coaching at the Y and I got the six best players in the league and we win all the games and everyone's complimenting me as a coach, but I literally have done nothing except lean off the backs of my six previously experienced players. Um, so this, this would be Jim Ringo in a nutshell. He got one full season in 1977 where he went three and 11. So his NFL winning percentage is 0.13. Uh, he's three and 20 and he had OJ Simpson. So, um, he did return to the bills as an offensive coordinator in 1985, which is interesting where he held these positions until he retired in 98. So he did, uh, he's a pro football hall of famer in 81. So there's other good things to him, but I'm going to just sit with a big fat L for having, you know, I hate that when like, you know, Bill O'Brien, all these no name clowns that get famous off the backs of other good players. Like this guy uh, that just got hired from green Bay. Who's it? Or Alex Hackett, not Alex Hackett. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett. All these guys that get head coaching jobs that because of the people that they coach, like, yes, because Hackett just, was in Buffalo and he's terrible. Yeah. I don't know when they coach a superstar, the superstar is going to be good either way. So he's going to be my pick for that number two spot very nice i like it jimmy ringo all right pat on the clock at number five yep uh i just wanted to give a shout out um to the university of alabama we got talking about uh mr doug marone who uh currently right now is the offensive line coach there um and they uh could you imagine over the, the course of eight years you ran through lane kiffin Bill O'Brien and Doug Marone in that offensive room. Just like, I feel so bad for those players. I mean, those are just like three <laughs> terrible humans that you have to have tell you what to do. So um, let's find out about their trauma right now in life. Yeah. I, I don't even care. Um, but because <laughs> <laughs> at least they're out of, well, you know, whatever. Out of sight, out, out, of, sight, out of mind. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, this, this next coach, um, I mean, it's, it's really hard to 
cheer for this guy. Uh, you know, he's someone where he really does have like an asterisk next to his name. And, um, you know, he was someone that took over for a Buffalo Bills legend in Wade Phillips. Um, you know, this guy single-handedly ended <laughs> the career of Kurt Warner, which is like a total scumbag move. Like here Kurt is, he just coming back from the Super Bowl, and, you know, he's just playing, you know, in the Superdome, just trying to take the Cardinals back to greatness one more time. And um, former Buffalo Bill, Anthony Hargrove, just just like clotheslines him in the face, and, and this coach is just cheering. Um, quite could he, could he maybe have put a target on Kurt Warner's head? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if there was any sort of financial compensation that went along with that. Um, I mean, the bright thing is that um, Motor City Dan Campbell did get to uh, have some coaching experience because of that. But Greg Williams, you're trash, dog. Total trash. Your best <laughs> season as a Buffalo Bills coach, you're 8-8. Eight eight. Um, you know, it's just, it's just one of those deals where like, you get, we get you, Drew Bledsoe, and you're still trash. And then Mike Malarkey, who is also trash. At least, you know what? He's, he's at nine and seven a year after you get there. And don't get me wrong because I don't, I, I think like Vince Lombardi could have been coaching these guys, but like Tom Donahoe, so bad as his, so bad at his job, followed up by Russ Brandon, who was equally just as bad and was like the reason that the bills had their streak as long as it was. So, I mean, I know they're not making the, the player personnel decisions, but Greg Williams just genuinely in my mind is just like probably not the nicest dude. And didn't he this past season like throw a game for the Jets in blitz when he knew that it was like fourth and 10 and that, you know what I mean? He it, he had like his best shot of winning the game if he just kept everyone home and he just blitzed on purpose so the Jets would lose to the Raiders. Um, it was either it's this year or it was last a, year. It's a, it's a toss up between whether he did it on purpose or it's he's literally just that full of you i think he's just that stupid that was that was, it, that was last season because he got fired after that but but he also yeah, that yeah. was he left his the corner was like a rookie against like their number two receiver it was just terrible 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 coach yeah. <laughs> terrible <laughs> terrible yeah, Greg Williams, nice. He was on the top of my board. I was actually thinking about taking him next. I forgot. I, I, agree I, with I, you. I was thinking about. I that also too. think that okay. he bears a strong resemblance to the guy who plays. Uh, you know the FBI guy, Sadusky in National Treasure. You know who I'm talking about. Yes. I, I think that he and Greg Williams look quite similar. Yeah. So Does pull, does pull, Greg pull Williams have bleached? Does he have bleached tips? It looks like uh, he has bleached tips. I think he, I think he did. I think he did as part of the Jets, but hardly the worst decision that he's ever made. It's a long list. Well, I just want to know if this man is in the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, like what is the criteria to make this? Because they must have very low standards. But anyways, (laughs) um, at least we're not in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, dealing with Bill O'Brien in the coaching room. So that's true. That's true. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.
number six pick overall. I'll keep this short and sweet. Um, this man, definitely not as hated as the former Greg Williams, as we just discussed. But this coach actually had the worst winning percentage out of any coach in the drought. And it's not who you'd think. Chan Gailey actually had the worst winning percentage oh, out of the entire you're taking drought. Chan, man. Wait, Are you he? taking Chan right now? I am taking Chan. We all like Chan. We all love I him. Like Yo, I forgot like to play Chan. The, <laughs> this man was an <laughs> offensive guru. He was old. He's like your grandpa out there. Bro, Ryan Fitzy, man. Yo, make some craziness happen out here. I mean, the games were entertaining. It was a big competition between Dick Jerron, Doug Marone, and Shane Gailey. Who could punt from the furthest forward on the field? Like, oh, you're going to punt from the 33 on the plus side? Okay, you know, I can do that. For, I swear, I think that Shane Gailey... I'm going to have to look this up. He's, he's second worst winning... Per, well, actually, he's third worst winning percentage, though. Um, out of out of coaches in the drought. Okay, gotcha. I'm talking not all time. Yeah, yeah, no, there's... Your your other picks are much worse winning percentage-wise. Shane Gailey was 16 and 32. Um, uh, so, actually, and there's an asterisk. It's besides Anthony Lynn, because Anthony Lynn was, was 0-1, but we're not putting him into this equation. But yeah, I don't know. Chan Gailey, I never hated him. You know, he and, uh, what was it, Buddy Nix? Buddy Nix. They had, they had the Southern Front coming through uh, through Buffalo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was the snow. Maybe it was Chan Gailey being 150 years old, but it just didn't work out. Um, and who knows? Maybe Chan Gailey was just a really, really bad coach. And, you know, with Brian Fitzpatrick and Stevie Johnson, we would have had a, a Super Bowl with somebody else. I don't know. I don't actually think that's true, but I'm just... I will say, this is my other thing for that, John, is the Bills had a very bad roster during those times also. So, yeah. you know... Well, yeah. I guess it? it is, but... <laughs> that's that's my pick at number six. So, Brando, last pick, number seven. Who do you got? Oh, also, you forgot to play the sound for yep, me. Come I on. Know. You have to do some fancy editing for yourself there. Sorry about that. I forgot. No, that's all right. I'll just leave it out. <laughs> all right. I, I have my pick. I'm uh, glad you didn't take him, John. But if we recall back over the course of our time here as Bills fans, uh, some of our early times, we talked about Drew Bledsoe coming in here. We talked about Willis McGahee being drafted, right? Lee Evans that year, missing on Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, trading that 2005 first round pick to miss on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the man at the helm during that time, this is probably the first coach that I remember when he was hired uh, in 2004 because uh, Mike Malarkey came in and um, again, they were not bad, right? The Bills had the talent in place. They had Peerless Price. They had Eric Moles. They had yep. Travis Henry. They had, uh, you know, who'd they have on defense at the time? Taquito. Takeo Spikes was coming into his own, <laughs> Sam Adams, all these guys. Um, and as we, we've heard before, is that 2004 Bills team was one of the best teams talent-wise and statistic-wise and analytically-wise to ever miss the playoffs. They were yeah. one of the most talented teams to miss the playoffs. So you look at a roster like that and you get them to lose to the freaking backups to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, and I will you- say Willie Parker. Um, I was just reading up on this. You know, if we win that game, Willie Parker never really emerges as um, Super Bowl champion Willie Parker. Well, then you have like balling out in the playoffs after that. 
Um, yeah, after a couple of years, but that was like his first exposure. And I'm like, of course, man, of, of course you can go from the practice squad to being on TV and having people know your name if you just beat up on the Buffalo Bills. So, <laughs> well, and yeah, then uh, that was when Jerome Bettis was starting still. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Jerome yeah. was sitting and Ben was, uh, I believe Ben was sitting too. So it was just, um, what's his name? Tommy Maddox. Yep. yep. I have this article here by the Associated Press from NPR in 2006, Buffalo Bills owner Ralph Wilson said he was completely surprised by coach Mike Malarkey's resignation this week at a news conference in Orchard Park. Malarkey came to him earlier and said he was resigning after going 14 and 18 in two seasons. Um, When asked him why the owner said Malarkey mentioned what he called local detractors in the media as part of the reason. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say here also that he could quit too, just as much as Doug Marone, but we know more about the Doug Marone story because we were older in social media and all that good stuff. But Mike Malarkey did it before uh, Doug Marone might've sent out a group chat text to say that he retired, but uh, Mike Malarkey probably penned them all letters or sent them all green text messages on his Nokia razor or something like that. Um, but he quit on this team too uh, after inheriting quite the roster, blowing it, being the best team to ever miss the playoffs in Bill's history to uh, retiring a couple of years later. So I think his overall NFL record was 32 and 56, but as a Bill, 14 and 18. So I'll take him to end the drought or to end the draft. Very nice. I like it. I, I was really scared you were going to take somebody else there. But Pat, you're on the clock. Who you got? Well, boys. Coming in with a four-year run of mediocrity, um, coming from a very mediocre city, Peoria, Illinois, someone that is in fact an Ivy Leaguer who did play eight years in the league. Um, Many would say that his time in Buffalo was the tail end of his career, even though he did start with the Buffalo Bills. Um, He really had a lot of mismanagement of, I won't say talented players under center, but players that I think could have been better. Um, and it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm looking here at his credentials and I, I do feel like we should mention that he was a 1974 Pro Bowler and um, three-time All-Ivy League as well as um, a NFF scholar-athlete, 1972. So, I mean, it's not, it's not all bad. I mean, it's, it's pretty much all bad, but... Um, you know, and he did have one good season with the bears, but this guy, um, and he also, I believe this guy said that he needed a smaller team. He needed less size on the team so that they could be faster, which, um, is, I I don't understand that. I mean, I I guess from a Yale guy, he's thinking outside of the box, but, um, you know, following Mr. Mike Malarkey, Dick Duran, um, he, he really, he really gave us some, uh, much needed mediocrity after um, having hopes higher than we should have had. So thank you, Dick. Um, I believe, what did he have? Three, seven and three, seven or nine seasons and a, yeah. So three, seven and nines and then a three and six before he got fired week 10. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's one of the deals. That, and that's the other thing. I mean, shame on you, Rolf Wilson. You, you, you picked a guy who and his entire NFL career has made the playoffs one time. This, this man coached, I guess between them all, he coached 10 seasons in the NFL. He only made the playoffs one time. So, um, you know, one of those deals, 
Dick Duran. I mean, and who's to say? Maybe he handled the, you know, uh, Lossman Edwards thing as, as best as he could. But I, those are some those are some dark times, and I don't know. Just a very ordinary looking dude, just like very unanimated. And I mean, for as much as we we rag on Sean McDermott now, like I would lose a limb to not have Dick Duran come back as the coach of the Buffalo Bills. Did you know he was also the interim head coach in Detroit in 2005? Yeah, I did see that on his uh, his wiki. And a total Dick Duran mop-up job, one in four. Uh, what a champ. But <laughs> He got fired during the season with Terrell Owens, too. Right, right. Well, you guys, uh, you guys took the remaining two coaches that I had on my board. <laughs> I thought I was going to nab one of them. I thought I thought Dick might fall for sure, but oh, that was a funny sentence. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know it's yeah. funny. A couple of things about Dick John, real quick. So that sure. was the the last season that he was there. They signed To, and uh, do you remember they? That was like the first year they got the new jerseys, the white yeah. and blue ones instead of the Reebok ones. Um, and then they were going no huddle. They were trying to uh, come back and run the K gun, their version of the K gun again. And uh, they didn't huddle during the off season or training camp. Um, that was Alex Van Pelt, right? No, before the season over? started, the bills fired Schottenheimer and handed the job to Alex Van Pelt, who was the quarterback's coach. So they had changed offensive coordinators, which is, which is weird uh, before the season started. Right. And uh, they, the bills averaged 15 point six points per game on offense when they, you know, if you look at now they average 32, they did not generate 300 yards of offense in eight of the nine games that season. Uh, and their quarterback hadn't generated 200 yards passing, uh, since the second week of the season that year. So just a couple of things in the backfield too. I mean, well, do you remember uh, they traded him this year also? Yeah. Uh, and it was so stupid because they benched him, benched him, benched him. And then all of Wasn't a sudden they like play him. season trade too. Yeah. They played him for three weeks. He goes over a hundred yards and they send him to Seattle for fourth round pick. And he continues his hall of fame career. You know, I, I love that guy. I love his, he's my, one of my first jerseys, Marshawn Lynch, but just a couple of, uh, stats to see how far we have risen from the dust. So to say, I like it. All right, last pick, Pat or uh, Brandon, you want to play the sound for me? All right, well, this last guy, I think, embodies the same type of thing that what Rex Ryan was before Sean McDermott. Sometimes it's darkest right before the light. This guy was so bad that in 1985 with the Bills, he came in fifth in the AFC East. Fifth. <laughs> <laughs> that's a true stat but back when we had the Colts to uh, be the that's, OG seller dwellers right. yeah this man coached 21 games for the Buffalo Bills from 85 to 86 and went 4 and 17 for a .190 winning percentage that is bad just about one out of every five games won so Hank Bolo he was the last guy to coach before Marv Levy coached for a long, long time from 86 to 97. He's the rebound um, yeah. before you meet your wife. Exactly. Yeah. So he was, he was the Rex Ryan before the Sean McDermott. I had to, I had to make an emergency pick because my board got emptied very quickly 
in the last uh, four picks. Good, Mr. Relevant. And Pat, I think, like you just said, you got to have your face dragged through the mud to appreciate a warm shower from time to time. Yes, um, I I agree with you, boys. And you know, you got to you got to go through those to to find out what's better. And sometimes they just don't have the uh, same goals as you do. And sometimes they're quite attractive and have visited a lot of places but at the end of the day you can't bring them home to your mom and dad and they're inconsistent so even though sean mcdermott i wouldn't (laughs) sean mcdermott's definitely a girl you could bring home to mom i mean she's definitely going to be like anxious and cleaning the house a whole lot and like just like cooking dinner six times out of fear that you won't like it and like picking the kids up 17 minutes early from every after school activity that you do to show support for josh allen obviously to show support for josh even though you know beforehand (laughs) doug marone was like just like do whatever you want i'm from the bronx and i'm sure that you know the players like that and that was a lot of fun but at, at the end of the day the pools had to say listen we we need we need a coach we can bring home to mom so you know <laughs> and they got the coach and then they found their man josh that's a love story yes, love story it's a beautiful love story all moms love josh allen it's it's True motivational fact. for us people out here you know <laughs> so is, is bill's mafia the mom in this in this metaphor well, yeah, Bill's Mafia, I guess, would be. All right. Well, you guys know where to find us on Twitter at Not Buff Podcast. Make sure you uh, check us out and we'll ha- hopefully have a poll up at that point so you can vote on who had the best draft. I think this is going to be a changing of the guard for this one. I don't think it's going to continue as it has. So um, make sure you we vote. We shall see. Um, yeah, we'll see. I know we never know. You Vote for Moe's. Just make, make signs to have a little campaign. You got That's this. me. <laughs> Moe's? Yeah, vote for Moe's. As in like we're doing some product placement right now for Burrito Subway. No, because <laughs> no, I no, look like, like the... Uh, yeah, she, he looks oh, like Moe's. Moe's yeah, from Mo's the true. office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Microaggressions over here, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Well, uh, stay safe and uh, go Bills, as always. Mm-hmm.